Hey everyone, welcome to Product Postmortem. We're going to talk about some of the biggest startups in Silicon Valley and talk about why they might not have succeeded. We're planning on dissecting their stories and explaining to everyone why they fell. My name is Eddie Rodriguez. And my name is Kevin Pham. And today we'll be talking about Whale. So for those of you that listen to our episode on Homejoy, thanks for coming back. And for any of our new listeners, welcome. Yeah, so after our first launch of our episode with Homejoy, we've had a lot of good reception. So we want to thank everyone who's actually given that a listen and uh, given us our re- your reviews and your feedback. And we really appreciate all the time you guys given us so far. So it's been really exciting since our first episode. And we're really excited to continue with this next one and going forward. So for today's episode, we'll be talking about Whale. And for any listeners who are not familiar with Whale, I'm going to hand it off to Eddie here. And he'll be talking about what Whale was and the platform that they were. Okay. So Whale is a Q&A video platform that let people interact with influencers and experts. The idea behind the app was that you could be a user and submit a question. Sometimes depending on the influencer, they could set uh, a paywall. That way they can kind of filter out some of the clutter with certain questions. And as uh, an influencer that was brought into the app, you had to be vetted in the beginning to be able to answer questions since they wanted this to be kind of uh, exclusive to people that had you know, evidence that they were an expert in their field. So a lot of the people that were brought into the platform were, you know, Twitter verified or just people that you, you know, submitted an application and said, hey, this is what my value is and what I'm bringing to the platform. Yeah, I remember when Wales first was uh, launched to even get on the app as an influencer. It was really, really small circle. I think in the beginning it was if you knew the founder or you didn't. And at that point, I can understand they wanted to retain the quality as they were expanding their network and it was a really small uh, launch when they started off, but it definitely grew as they got bigger. So yeah, in the beginning, it was just kind of people that were probably closest to Justin or, or Y Combinator in general. And then once it opened up, they had an application in the app where you can say, hey, I can take some questions here. So Kevin and I both actually uh, sent in uh, applications and we both got approved, which is Super exciting for us since we were able to interact with the whale community and talk to them about some of our experiences. Justin said in a Medium article that the reason why he started this was because, and I'm quoting here, I realized that one of the most common interactions from the audience would be to send me questions. Talking to other influencers, this was very common. Almost every influencer on YouTube, Snapchat, and Instagram will get asked questions every day. So... The questions that you could ask would be related to product or just general lifestyle questions. Uh, a lot of the questions really even went towards, um, you know, work-life balance, uh, family, and fitness. Yeah. So, as we're kind of discussing Whale and the product, we're going to go ahead and just take a moment to really introduce the founding team. So, as you guys already heard, Justin Kahn was one of the founders, and for the 
listeners who actually are really closely following the Silicon Valley and tech industry, Justin Kahn probably sounds like a very familiar name, which he's a very big, successful entrepreneur in the industry. Um, so the other founder was also Ranadu like Range, and he was a CEO of, of Whale uh, when that was operating. So a little bit background of the founders, Justin Kahn um, f- was first introduced to the startup industry when he was involved in the startup Kiko. So at the time when Gmail was launched, Kiko was kind of wiped out of the market because Gmail was such a big, strong competitor. But Paul Graham, the head of Y Combinator at that time, wanted to continue with the team and have them pivot to something else. And that was when the team went over to switch over to Justin.tv. Uh, as some of you might remember, that was a huge thing back in the day when they pretty much just popularized live casting for Justin Khan. Yeah, and this is pre-iPhone days. So uh, consider consider the day before the App Store um, where, you know, this this wasn't really a normal thing to just be able to open up your phone, press a button, and then redistribute that video live to other people. Uh, Justin TV was super revolutionary and just incredible incredibly ahead of its time yeah i mean um, he, he just had like a camera stuck on the helmet of his head and then it was connected to a laptop battery that was on his backpack that he carried around all day yeah and i i spent some time on justin tv uh in my younger days and funny enough i spent my time on justin tv watching people play halo and <laughs> i stream myself playing halo and um justin tv eventually pivoted into what was later called social cam and that sold to autodesk in 2012 but justin emmett and michael uh along with kyle they they also figured out later on that justin tv had this audience in gaming and then they founded twitch um so that sold to amazon for 970 million dollars in pure cash yeah and uh as you guys already know the success of amazon has gone up tremendously since 2014. And Justin Kahn has been caught, said a few times that he wishes it was an equity rather than cash. Yeah, he's even <laughs> had this discussion, um, actually on multiple platforms. He's talked about this on Twitter, he's talked about this on Snapchat, he's talked about this on Whale, where that's a, a big regret of his. But it's hard to feel bad for this small team when they walked away with just under a billion dollars. Yeah, I think they, I mean, Twitch is a huge platform, as you guys all know now today, but. I think the the valuation at the time that they sold it for, they were just trying to avoid, I think, an aqua hire situation. And I don't, I don't think they wanted to kind of work for another company. Again, Justin Kahn is a huge legend in Silicon Valley. And 2014, 2015 was a huge year for him. I mean, Twitch was one of the many acquisitions that he had. He also had another company um, that was funded by YC called Exec that was founded in 2012. And that sold for just under $10 million dollars as an equity deal to HandyBook. Now we talked and they're now known as Handy. Um, and that company was founded by Justin himself, his brother, Daniel Khan, and Amir Gazvinian. And when they were acquired by HandyBook, um, they just remained uh, mostly as advisors on the team. But Handy, as you remember, that was from our HomeJoy episode, they were more of a, a cleaning service company. Yeah, and it's kind of funny how, you know, we're, we're gonna continue to see this pattern where these names kind of keep coming up uh, Justin's uh, spent a lot of time as a YC partner advising other companies, and Adora Chung has also, uh, well, she's, she continues to be uh, advising young startups under YC. So um, 
yeah that's, yeah it's, it's pretty pretty great to see the the kind of influence that white Combinator is having on these companies yeah um, as a quick follow-up from last episode the dora chung is now a partner at yc so that was kind of a, a conclusion we forgot to add from episode one so uh with whale justin had his number two as a ranadu lacrange uh, ranadu has spent a lot of time with with justin in different companies uh, and he was also working in another music startup called Drop with Justin, and now he's um, still working in the music space. He's uh, an R&B and house music DJ. Um, can't say I've listened to his music outside of what was playing in the background on Whale, but yeah, he was he was actually a really like charming person to talk to. He was pretty vocal on Whale and responded to plenty of our questions. Yeah, he's a very knowledgeable guy, and, and he's a very tech-savvy person. And he was—he became the CEO of Whale. And going into the product itself, Whale was founded in July 2015. And again, th they were a Q&A video platform, and they allowed people to interact with their followers and users. But um, Eddie, do you remember how Whale essentially monetized? Yeah, yeah so they kind of took this really strange direction which was actually super novel at the time they had this coin system where you could just buy coins to use uh, to ask questions so as an influencer um, say I was a big figure and I just wanted to filter out a lot of traffic or just monetize I could charge um, five dollars worth of coins so 500 coins uh, to ask me a question now just asking the question wouldn't take away five dollars from you um, once I got an answer out, then you would be billed for, for that question. And then for the users, every day that you got onto the platform, you would earn a uh, dollar's worth of coins or $100. So that little mechanic there um, was super cool because it gave an incentive to users to, to log in daily. And it provided this kind of shield for its content makers to not have to be bothered with the same questions over and over again or just trolley questions. Yeah, and I remember there was a point in the beginning they also accepted cash. Um, but you guys can understand how the monetization element was added to this Q&A platform. I mean, again, like Eddie mentioned earlier, it was really to filter out, filter out some of the questions that really didn't really need to be asked. And influencers like Justin Khan himself, he originally started off in Snapchat and Eddie and I were huge followers of his and he would answer questions all the time. He encouraged people to message him on Snapchat to ask him all sorts of questions about technology and entrepreneurship and he would always send back video responses on his stories. Yeah and he was super personable too. He would even talk to people about his uh, fitness routine and then uh, later on he kind of became famous for the old adage uh, fitness is the first step to greatness. Um, but it, it's it was pretty wild that, you know, through his videos, he was able to have this kind of influence on people. So when Whale launched, he basically stopped taking uh, videos on Snapchat and just completely shifted over, over to Whale. So a lot of the user base on Whale was just coming from his personal Snapchat. Yeah, and this was a year when Snapchat was huge. And it was a huge platform and for all types of influencers. And I think there's a lot of competitors out there during 2015, 2016 that 
pl other products were fighting for those kind of spaces for for influencers to get an audience. So you had Instagram fighting for their influencers. You had Snapchat. I believe Vine was also a platform in some degree, and um, and then you had Whale here. And well, and you had YouTube too. Oh, but, absolutely. Um, but each one of these platforms, well, the 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 you know your Twitters and your YouTubes, um, you're really just left with ju like just comments to be able to respond to your audience and that was very informal very just kind of low brow interaction um in interaction still but uh, i don't know how much of a real discussion you can have in an instagram comment feed yeah and the great thing about whale when when it was a mobile application you were able to see the questions that users wrote in so each video was posted on the influencers platform you would see the question and then you'd see the thumbnail for the influencers to respond and you would see the kind of topic that it was related to so each video was really direct and that interface was really nice yeah and then uh as an influencer we've talked a lot, actually we've talked a lot about what justin was getting out of this but as somebody else that came into the platform you could categorize yourself and people going into that category can kind of see a, you know a short, short form of your bio and they would you know basically know, like just have a question for you so that solved the problem of uh, for content makers not really knowing what to say or what to do with this platform um, I know personally I've had a lot of trouble you know making YouTube videos because a lot of the times it's just so broad I don't really know which direction I want to go into but on whale people would kind of see my background and just have certain questions for me as far as like how I ended up at a certain company or, you know, what my experience has had been. So that was really nice that that was kind of taken care of for me to some extent. Yeah. I mean, to, and kind of extend on that, I remember when whale first launched, you had to have a Twitter account. So they integrated with the Twitter account. And the great thing about Twitter, as Eddie was mentioning was, so Twitter has a field on their on your profile page that kind of gives you ability to, to write a short introduction about who you are. And that integration along with Whale kind of allows users and followers to kind of get an idea of what kind of topics that you will be discussing. So I saw all sorts of people from people with a, with a legal background giving responses and kind of related videos to that degree. They also had uh, social media marketing professionals that were giving advice to people who had questions about that there was a huge follower followership for those kind of influencers um i believe gary v might even had a channel on yeah, whale gary, gary v had a channel on whale um and then a lot of the TechCrunch writers had whale accounts too and they were just basically able to more freely express their opinions on what was going on at the time so it was kind of refreshing to be able to say Hey, you know, I wrote this article and this is my professional opinion, but personally, um, <laughs> this is how I feel. So <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really nice. And then, um, another, um, big creator for, for whale was, uh, Ryan Hoover. And I don't think we're going to be able to talk about any of his companies in an episode, uh, <laughs> anytime soon, but, uh, Ryan was super personable and it kind of just was a natural extension of his, um, character and personality that he was able to take people's questions and kind of guide people. Uh, for those that don't know, Ryan Hoover has um, created this awesome community in Product Hunt where makers get to share their new uh, products and companies to the world and get feedback on them. So um, 
yeah so he so ryan hoover and, and many other influencers were great uh, were, were great people on this product and they allow followers and users to really engage with these with these people closely so as far as the ui goes what was really cool about whale uh in like their second big update um was that they let you just pause your video during your recording so for someone like me very clumsy and very <laughs> um just challenged as far as like being able to talk for 60 seconds straight um it just let me kind of pause and think about what i wanted to say and you know also being able to see the live footage a lot of this was um based on your selfie camera by the way um but i would be able to say hey like the lighting's kind of getting weird as i'm walking in this direction and talking so i could just pause move around a little bit and then kind of continue or just kind of stop and re-record certain sections because that's really helpful uh, right now this podcast is by no means being shot in one straight run uh, we're doing this over and over again and i don't really think we ever get to go 60 seconds straight yeah i mean as you guys can imagine i mean that's what's great about the interface about whale is you know as you guys can imagine, like an influencer or any kind of person who's recording an answer, it's not perfect. And you want to sound perfect when you deliver that one minute video. Yeah, especially if you're a big name. Yeah. And and that's what's brilliant about the the interface that they had for Whale is that if you guys remember Vine, Vine was the same exact concept where it was a record button, but you record when the finger was pressed down onto the screen and then as you're holding it, it's recording. But then as you release up, it stops recording. But you can pause, think, and collect your thoughts, and then when you're ready to continue off, continue recording where you left off, you go ahead and just press the thumb down and continue recording. And, and then when you're finished with your whole entire response, the, the the final result was actually it was a seamless recording of what you said, and it's a great delivery to your users. Yeah, and I don't think anybody was super novel as far as like doing stop motion. Uh, answer responses but still you know it got the job done yeah so as you can see the whale was a very exciting product when they first launched they grew very quickly but again this is a very popular idea I, I see other companies trying to take the idea and turn it into their own kind of style you have facebook i understand they have an, a celebrity type of product that's kind of similar google took on this same idea and did their own thing and and they've relaunched that recently under google cameos yeah. which uh, I didn't even really know the name of until we had to do the research for, <laughs> for this podcast. So it goes to show you, like, these companies are not really uh, addressing this this little vertical very well. So Google Cameo is a similar product, and they're still existing today, but essentially what how they were similar to Whale, if you go to Google and search a celebrity's name and a certain question, then you would have the celebrity actually answer the question in person in a more of a selfie mode kind of camera view. So an example would be like Priyanka Chopra. If you wanted to know how many languages she, she speak, she you could Google her name and, and write how many languages does she speak. And she there would be there is a video on Google with her responding in a personal sense and you would hear that response. And they have that for a number of celebrities like Will Ferrell, um, Gina Rodriguez, and other people. And, and they tested that out with those number of celebrities and had a certain number of questions that they were able to engage with the, with the users. Now, what Google kind of did that really limited their growth 
was that they just kind of kept it to a very small subset of celebrities. What they're doing now is that they're opening this up to local businesses and they're also um, opening it up to people that are like starting events or running different products and musicians. So where I think that it's going to eventually go in the future is where if you Google this really arbitrary thing that they can kind of come up with an answer for or, or say like um, what kind of restaurants are keto in, in the Bay Area? Uh, you can have you know, a restaurant owner or a restaurateur say, hey, uh, we cater to this kind of diet. Um, and that's kind of one of those things that's usually found in a forum or a message board. But if you were able to have this person being able to say, hey, you know, we, we work with you, we, we cater for you, I think that's going to really drive a lot of people to kind of go towards a certain service or a certain space. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, the whale success kind of took a plateau and, and they kind of declined later on. Uh, down the year so they essentially died in around june 2017 and there's not there's not, hasn't even been an official announcement uh i think you know how we found out was just going to ask whale uh you know it gave us a 404 error and then <laughs> the app wasn't there anymore and yeah so there was no official announcement even going through justin and randy's twitter feeds there's no hey, we're shutting down Whale. There's no Medium post about, hey, we're shutting down Whale. Ask Whale's Twitter <laughs> uh, just stops after saying, hey, we have a big update today. Um, and that that was in June 2017. So um, embarrassingly, we're going to just say that that was their, the, the month of their death because we don't have an exact date on when they decided to just straight shut down. Here's what I'll say about Whale, though. Eddie, I think you and I can both agree that whale was a product that we personally loved and enjoy using um but i do remember specifically as much as i really love whale as a product towards the end of their time i didn't find myself using it that much i even had questions from some of the followers and users that i had and i just so for some reason didn't find the energy to really dedicate to respond to them so I, I love the product, but for some reason, I just my interest kind of died off at the end. Yeah, and I think a lot of that was attributed to the, um, it being an experiment. Justin and Randadu very openly said that this was an experiment. They it was just like something that they wanted to figure out what, you know, how would this best suit people because the product changed constantly. In the beginning, the coin system was super prevalent and. Um, you know, I spent some money just asking people questions just to kind of pick their brains. Later on, um, as I spent more and more time getting onto the platform, I didn't spend so much uh, money on getting coins because I was logging in daily, getting those free coins. And then um, I wasn't really sure how, you know, makers and influencers were being being paid off of nothing. So I think that caused them to kind of shift focus on how they wanted it to develop this platform. And then once the platform opened up to everyone, you're talking to people that, that were just doing music and food and then a lot of just like more random stuff. I remember a lot of like athletes were jumping onto the platform and for it to be, you know, started as these are Justin Khan's followers and Justin Khan's followers being very, very techy and very into the Silicon Valley culture, having 
you know, their community kind of like overrun by people that were into sports was kind of weird. Eddie's not a big sports fan, but but I think what Eddie's getting at is like they were definitely getting saturated with really ex- ex- expanding the market for allowing all types of influencers to kind of come into the market at once. And I can understand why they did that as probably the interest in in the early users being just specifically just being tech users. Um, they wanted to see where else could the growth be uh, in other markets, whether it's sports or music or food. Um, they definitely just allow the the barrier of entry to kind of expand to everyone. And here's what really bothers me, though, is that um, when Justin introduced Whale on Medium, he said, at Justin TV, we didn't ever talk to our users. We didn't understand why they wanted to broadcast live video or what their goals were. Now, this is really shocking to me to see that he started this platform knowing that he didn't do right by his users and you know they kind of corrected that with twitch but in whale i didn't really expect that they would just kind of take a different perspective or just go down this different direction with whale um by all means anybody that's into sports should be able to have some sort of audience with athletes but the way that whale navigated this was was just really murky and it was just really frustrating for a lot of users um, they did address this in, in what they called whale 2.0. Um, but I think at that point it was just too little too late. Yeah. So at this point we're going to be kind of shifting over to the postmortem side of the product and let's talk about what whale could have done differently to maybe have them succeed today. And the great thing about this segment is that Eddie and I actually have opposing views on, on the product itself. So personally, I think well, and just the whole concept of the Q&A for celebrities and influencers, I personally don't think that is a, a product that can succeed in any market, at least currently. And I have my own reasons. And then, Eddie, you can probably share a little bit more about your perspective and maybe how it could succeed. Yeah, I think this is like a desperately needed thing. I think this product is just something that we have to have because um, when you start thinking about it, these are you know just people that can give you valuable insight on different industries or even just talking to like imagine talking to like a financial planner without having to go see a financial planner imagine just getting advice from someone um i i had office hours with uh ryan hoover and like just like a little bit of insight that i got from him was just super valuable to me but um being able to have it kind of a little bit more frequently in short form with with just like this amazing audience of people um I mean, there's, there's just so much value that you can derive from that, you know, if you keep your key, your questions and answers kind of within reason. Yeah. And that's, and I'll, and I'll add this. I, I agree with you, Eddie. I think there's definitely value behind someone's time and expertise and their knowledge and the ability to monetize behind that. And I think and that's what got me really excited about whale and the product and similar products is that these influencers have so much knowledge and value to pass on to the followers and people who are willing to to fork out the money to pay for their time and, and their answers. However, this is where I'll come in and kind of give my opposing perspective where I think there's a little bit of conflict of interest with why this this kind of product wouldn't work. Is essentially you have influencers and big public figures who actually are looking to gain an audience and following base. And the funny thing is that 
these public figures and influencers are actually paying money to reach out to a broader following base. So that's where the conflict, I think, kind of comes in. So to have to find a market where users will pay to follow someone else, when in reality, what's a bigger market is that influencer is trying to pay money to get the followers. And I think it's it's a fun idea to have a more personal element between the influencer and the followers. But I just don't see a market big enough for, to where the demand is high enough for the followers to pay money to have that more personal touch to it. But um, I just I just can't see that market being something that's going to be big. Yeah, but when you look at something like Twitter uh, and say, say I want to you know, reach out to Dead Mouse. I'm just throwing a name out there right now. If I want to talk to, to Joel Zimmerman, Dead Mouse, um, I tweet at him and nothing. You know, there, there, because there's so much noise out there. So something like this with Whale introducing that paywall, I think that was his genius because um, it cost me nothing to tweet Joel Zimmerman. But if I have something like really pressing, if I myself am going to start making music and I need insight onto you know what's the best mixer or what's the the right software that i need for my setup um just getting that little bit of value i think that's worth a couple dollars five dollars even ten dollars um just to have that that kind of level of connection and insight um just even if it just doesn't really influence my decision but it makes me feel a little bit better about it i think there's a lot of value in that um maybe maybe i'm just different here but I see so many people just trying to gain an audience with YouTubers, uh, with people on Twitter, and this kind of connection was just like for me, it was wickedly special. Whenever I would ask Justin a question, and then he said my name. I don't know. It was, <laughs> maybe that's just me fanboying, but but that was worth like the dollar to ask him a question. Just just I felt like I was talking to the man himself. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 not gonna I'm not gonna disagree fully. Like I I definitely. I'm excited about the idea. I think it's an exciting and 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 a potent. There's definitely potential there, and you know I think Eddie, when you talked about Twitter, I think that's probably the one company that can can probably use it best. And I I think honestly, I think maybe that was what their goal was is to have Twitter acquire them. Well, I'll go back to this. Um, you you were talking about you know this might not make the most sense as this big influencer to do you know like. Maybe Kanye West isn't going to get the most value out of using something like Whale, but uh, some someone at our level might um, because it gives you a lot of credit, credibility and it gives you a lot of kind of weight because it puts you, you know, somewhat in the spotlight, uh, especially, well, Whale had their featured question of the day. And if you, if you were up there, you know, it showed that you had, you know, a great answer and people voted on this and people love this thing. Uh, this answer that you gave to, to a certain question and that gives you you know more than credibility it kind of gives you this reputation as being someone in this space that has some real knowledge and real value to bring to that part of the community uh, so you know for for some some people like us that can kind of just take us from just some other people to be, being people with you know weighted opinions yeah and you know what I, I think you can probably shift it over to something that's more specialized, like maybe even LinkedIn. I mean, LinkedIn is a, is a huge network full of specialized professionals that are in different industries. And maybe that's another company that could possibly have used this Q&A video platform. 
and really integrate it with their network base that they have there. Well, yeah, and we see we see this in Quora where they're you know a Q and A platform, you know, not solely relying on video, but um, I think that alone is just evidence enough to say that this this product needed to exist. But uh, you know, moving back to what we were actually going to say. Um, you know, why did they fail? And I think this really comes down to just two main things. Um, well, I think it's just a, lot, a lot of it came down to neglect. Um, Justin famously went on to go start on his, another fund to, you know, incubate other startups. And what was that called? The F project, the Z project? Uh, I couldn't Similar. tell you. I don't think it exists anymore. So I don't think it matters. Um, and then he now famously is working on Atrium, the, you know, the tech approach to law where they're automating a lot of the clerical work to, to law. And he started this company to solve his own problem where he was using legal services to kind of establish things for his companies. And now he's kind of automating that and, you know, striking up different deals and, so, you know, good luck for him there, but <laughs> yeah, and and that right now is 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 growing tremendously. I know Justin Khan is doing very well over there at Atrium, and um and yeah, that's really how Whale kind of succeeded, kind of plateaued after that. And then I think those are some of the ideas that we touched on today about what they might have kind of done differently to maybe still be alive today. Um, again, it was a very exciting product. Um, or maybe one day someone will take that product and idea and really do it justice so the the other thing that i think um kind of killed whale was the like just we touched on this earlier but the amount of experimentation experimentation that was going on it was just too much i think it really confused users and it definitely confused me as far as you know um seeing the news feed kind of change seeing the discovery tools change and then in a whale 2.0 the currency system was completely taken away. Uh, user profiles were taken away. And what you were left with was this stripped down card style, uh, very Tinder-like product where you could swipe left or right on a certain question without being able to discover specific people you wanted to hear from. So what you were left with was, hey, we think you're interested in questions like this. And if you can make that work, one, I would, I think you would need to be Google to pull that off, uh, because that's creepy to know what I want to ask. Uh, two, you need to give uh, users a little bit more control on like who they want to follow, because um, these communities where where you have these Q and A style things, um, people want to hear about who they care about. Yeah. So ultimately, what killed them was that they were playing with this uh, product so much where it kind of shrank their community down a whole lot. And after a certain point, I think they just stopped caring. I think um, Justin and Ranadu and the rest of the team kind of just lost interest and they saw these other things going on or you know, things that they could have just been spending their time on to be more productive. Uh, Justin went on to go do Atrium. So uh, I think they just kind of said, hey, I think that's enough time invested into this and let's go move on to the next big thing. Yeah, and I think that definitely was a result of what they saw from the user base. I'm pretty sure the usage was completely plummeted after a certain time. And this, again, the market just wasn't really there for that concept or product. And uh, unfortunately, the community 
died along with it. And I think the product just kind of just went along and to its death. And that's essentially what happened. And I think at the end of the day, I think this concept is definitely doable. And there's definitely a space out there and possibly a market for some sort of industry with the video Q&A, personal one-on-one Short form video. There's got to be one. And I think that's something that some many of the companies out there are trying to figure out. Well, you see something like this in in Jelly. Um, Jelly was this like human powered search engine, and I think this is just kind of an extension of it, um, where you know people are talking to people, and I think that that little bit of intimacy is going to be desperately needed, right? Uh, well, coming up here in the future because you know we're we're getting more and more distant from from other people and and from having real conversations in a world of text we're kind of seeing that people are gravitating towards story form post you know we're seeing the rise of instagram stories and um snapchat because people want to see people yeah and you know you never know i think one day this is definitely something that maybe the existing successful products can really evolve to and we'll, we'll probably see one day but for now, that really wraps up our episode today with Whale. And we hope you guys enjoyed. Continue, guys. Well, we hope you, the listeners, continue to leave us reviews or comments on our platforms. Feel free to give us an email at kevin at productpostmortem.com or eddie at productpostmortem.com. And we'll be able to make sure to get back to you guys with any kind of questions that you guys have. Thank you guys for listening. And maybe it'll also even be... Uh, response in video form. <laughs> Maybe. Be, I think that'll be creepy to see in an email. <laughs> but uh, if only there was an app for that. Well, thank you everyone for listening to our episode and we hope you guys enjoy and we'll definitely catch you guys next time. See ya.